The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. I would ask that you would say a silent prayer for me to be able to control myself today. You know, there are days when your mother's words come to mind. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, that would leave about three hours of very expensive airtime sounding like this. Because I have nothing nice to say today. I don't think I can take it much longer. Let's begin here. I think we can all agree. Or can we? both left and right, that children are being caught up in an illegal immigration situation that is awful. If you can't agree with that now, you should check your card to see if you are a current member of the human race. Apparently, however, no one who is upset about the situation can agree on when it made them angry or upset when they suddenly realized that this was a problem you see this weekend it suddenly even a little magically began to matter to those on the left seemingly out of nowhere They all collectively realized together, simultaneously, that this was a problem. And they knew exactly who to blame. It was Donald Trump. Then, last night, Rachel Maddow said this. This has just come out from the Associated Press. This is incredible. Trump administration officials have been sending babies and other young children (laughs) to at least three Can we put up the graphic of this? Thank you. Do we have it? No. Three tender age shelters in South Texas. Lawyers and medical providers. Just Okay, we're going to stop here. I think we all get the point. She was emotional last night on television. And I am going to do something for her that her and her friends never did for me. Rachel, I believe you were caught up in emotion last night. Because you love your country and you're worried about it. You're worried about the direction we're going in. And it's overwhelming, isn't it? So I will give you a pass for being emotional on television. 
I understand. Here's what I cannot give you a pass on. Where was your outrage and emotion back in 2014? Because the same situation that is going on today is exactly the same stuff that you, Rachel, and the rest of the left have only suddenly just now become woke on. It was going on back in July 2014, and it was arguably worse back then. Now, if you want to say, well, Glenn, somehow or another, it escaped the entire NBC newsroom back in 2014, and I honestly didn't know it, but I do now, and because I am an intelligent journalist... I will do my homework, and it's not really hard to look back in time and see, hmm, this isn't Donald Trump. In fact, this policy is from the 90s. And there were those on the right, like me, that was there begging people like you to cover what was going on, but you would not for some reason. Now, if you want to say, Glenn, I didn't care then, but it wasn't because I didn't care about the kids or I was just trying to protect my side. I honestly didn't see or I will even give you I was protecting my side and I was wrong. But please do not get on television. Don't you dare get on television and cry and blame it on Donald Trump. And try to get everybody to believe that it is the evil Donald Trump. Your crocodile tears, which I happen to believe are true. But they become crocodile tears if you don't look at the whole truth. Donald Trump could walk out on the street today and get hit by a bus, God forbid. And if he were hit by a bus, this situation would not change. And it's not because of evil Mike Pence would then be in. You could take Hillary Clinton and walk her into the White House, sit her behind the chair, and it still would not change. Now, if you want to be an adult and we'll have an adult conversation, let's have one. It was left up to people like me, who people like you called a conspiracy theorist, when we said the president was keeping children in cages. We had the photographic proof, but that wasn't enough for you. These kids are being used as pawns. They were being used as pawns. They've been used as pawns for as long as... As we can remember, they are human beings. And for those at Breitbart, don't think that the American people don't see you. They don't see that you mocked me for having compassion at the time. You mocked me for bringing soccer balls only to now report... That how can this be so bad? Because President Trump is in charge, and now they, and I'm quoting you, have soccer balls to play with. Uh, 
please, dear God, please, dear God, restrain my tongue today. It was important in 2014. It is important today. And if we don't stop playing politics, it will be worse and even more important tomorrow. It's Wednesday, June 20th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. By the way, going back into uh, July of 2014, Rachel Maddow opened her show with a riveting monologue about how President Obama was hosting the World Cup viewing party. Now, that was hard-hitting stuff. July 2nd, Maddow acknowledged kids are on the border, but she references health and human services briefly and then rushes through to what actually happens to these kids. She made a vague statement about a policy that states where kids are taken after they arrive. She also blamed Congress for not acting. Now, let's see if there is any difference here. Now, Congress isn't the one that should act because that's what Donald Trump is saying. So you can't say that, Rachel. You can't say that it is Congress that is failing to act. No, because you hate Congress. If Hillary Clinton would have won, you, of course, would have said that Congress needed to act. But because Trump won, now it is Donald Trump's policy, and Donald Trump needs to do it, and Congress doesn't even enter the picture. She went on throughout the week. On July 7th, her top story was something on the Koch brothers. Immigration was only briefly mentioned at the end of the show. The trend continues through the week. I went to the border on July 19th. Did she cover it? Nope. Did she mention the kids on the border? Nope. Did she mention the kids on the border for the rest of the month? No, not at all. Not one word. Not one word. Make up your mind, Rachel. Is this an important issue or not? Do you care about the immigrant kids because you've been caught in the middle of a broken immigration system? Or do you care about the immigrant kids because Donald Trump is now president? Do you care to fix it? Do you care to look at it, actually look at what it looks like? Or are you only are you only willing to look at the guy with the extraordinarily stupid long red tie? This is just nothing more than a political stunt that is getting us addicted to outrage. Because you read the news and you feel like I feel and you think someone has to say something. And here's what needs to be said. Shut up. Both sides. Shut up and sit down. Neither of you care. Shut up and sit down. Now, let's have some adults work it out. This is Congress. It's their job in Congress. 
If they can't work it out, well, then the system is entirely broken. And who is to blame? Us. Us. Because we are the ones allowing them to play political games. We are the ones who keep switching sides because if we say one thing now, it will hurt our side. It'll hurt our guy. It'll hurt our team. That's what they were doing. Now too many of us are doing it. What do you say? What do you say? Americans who are not in the middle, but they're in the middle of two children that are arguing. I don't mean politically in the middle. I mean the people who are in the middle of two children that cannot take either child anymore. I don't care who started it. I just want it to end. I just want it to end. We are, we are parents of this country. And the two political parties are the children. And they are pitting mom and dad against each other. And we are too stupid to see it. Let me ask you this, Rachel Maddow. I believe your emotion was real. I know I will give you the benefit of the doubt that you and Jimmy Kimmel never, ever gave to me. I know what it feels to be so concerned about the direction of the country that it's ripping your heart out. I know it. So I will give you the benefit of the doubt. But I do have to say, I wonder... I really wonder how someone can cry about a baby being taken away from their mother. Now, I find that emotional and horrific. But I'm also one that is very upset and emotional when it comes to seeing videos of cold-hearted people casually dis uh, discussing over lunch the cutting up of children and selling their parts for cash. Were you crying over that? Did that hit you emotionally? And if not, you should ask yourself why. Were you emotionally upset when we were having a discussion about how Down syndrome babies have no quality of life and that we should abort those children, were you there and were you emotional? Were you as at least as outraged as you are today with that piece of crap Lewandowski with what he said last night on television? Oh, you didn't hear that? Oh, well, let's fight over which rat, which diseased rat we're rooting for. Let's, let's play both sides and then see which one of these diseased rats we go, oh, he's on my side. They're both rats. They're both bad guys with bad things. They're both hyping things. And neither of them mean anything. They're just playing on our emotion. But which one of these guys are we going to side with this time?
it's funny because I watched that last night and I thought to myself, huh, here we are, switching sides yet again. Absolutely no listeners left. <laughs> this is like this craziness. Oh, this there's going to be tons craziness. of listeners going to see what happens here. You know, at what point do you, uh, I mean, do you just explode on the air? Or? Oh, yeah. No, I could have a brain aneurysm today. I can't take it. It does seem like one of those days. <sighs> you okay? I, I think look, once I get past the Lewinsky thing, maybe, or not the Lewinsky, yeah, the Lewinsky thing, maybe, no, not Lewandowski? Lewinsky, Lewandowski, I think I can, I, 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 I might be able to handle it. Okay, it's uh, that time of year when you need your air conditioning unit running 24-7. It is hot, and we're not even in August yet. (gasps) Maybe we're in hell. My gosh, that would make more sense. We've all actually died, and we're all in hell. That explains the temperature outside and everything that we're going through. But in case we're not in hell... You're going to need to change the filter in your air conditioning unit because what happens is it's running overtime and if it gets clogged at all, it's working so hard it's got to it's got to uh, suck that air through that filter and if it gets clogged at all, it overheats it's uh, and and then you've got to have somebody come over and fix it and it's a mess and you're hot and you'd sell your car to have somebody to come over and fix it right away. I know I've been there. HVAC filters for homes and for small businesses all come from FilterBuy. Over 600 sizes. They ship for free within 24 hours. They're made right here in America, and they have auto delivery, so you never forget to change the filters, and they'll knock 5% off the order just for making your life a little easier. So save time, save money, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Fighting is in rounds. End of round one. <laughs> I've got a knockout punch coming for the uh, left. That's um, not even in round two. Uh, round two is coming up in just a second. And uh, Corey Lewandowski, who I think is a pig of a person. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't like it when we label people. I don't like calling people names. Uh, uh as I said on the beginning of the show, please uh, pray for me today. Let me let me use this unbelievable vocabulary that I can somehow or another read all the time, but I can never actually use all of those words that I read every day and um, let them flow out of my mouth in a much more eloquent way than I am expressing myself almost every day to my embarrassment. Um, but... Uh, the Lewandowski thing comes up next, and I, uh, I'm going to control myself this time. I think. I don't know. If oh, I, I think America's believing you on that. I, I, I don't think anybody is questioning whether you're going to be able to control yourself today. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. doubt in anyone's mm-hmm. mind that something could go horribly wrong yeah. at any point during the program today. And then, uh, before we go into round three, uh, we're going to take a break at the top of the hour and um, give you something else that is just absolutely mind-boggling. 
uh, a uh, an NFL player, right? Yeah, NFL player. It's amazing uh, that has been accused and condemned without ever being able to defend himself. Glenn joins us Beth. top of the hour. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. See, every day I promise myself I'm not going to get upset by uh, the clowns and uh, wrapped up into the circus. Um, And yet, somehow or another, I seem to get wrapped up in the circus every day um, because my head explodes. Uh, You know, you can only only take so much. Uh, And then your head explodes and blood starts just shooting out of your eyes. And, uh, you know, that's hard to clean off your glasses all the time. I go through so many shirts because, oh, Glenn, is that, is that ketchup on your shirt? No, I was just listening to Chuck Schumer uh, say that the president should fix this with a flick of his pen. That's a quote. And then I started to think, wasn't Chuck Schumer just recently saying that the president has too much power and is doing things by decree and could quickly become a dictator? And so then the blood shoots out of my eyes and it's all over my shirt again. And I think to myself, I shouldn't listen to any of this nonsense. But I do, so you don't have to. So I was just barely, barely, I was, I was quite honestly, I was anemic. Um, I lost a lot of blood from the blood shooting out of my eyes and my ears and a little out of my nose and some right directly spraying out of my butt uh, when I saw uh, Rachel Maddow last night because I couldn't take the hypocrisy of it. Um, And then uh, I saw a a clip from Fox News where uh, they thought it would be a good idea to uh, sit down with a Democratic strategist. A Democratic strategist. Gee, I wonder what a Democratic strategist is going to (gasps) say. Let's find out tonight with Martha McCallum. Why? You don't know what they're going to say? Of course you know what they're going to say. But let's sit that Democratic strategist down with Corey Lewandowski. Oh, my gosh. Now, there's two people I want to have dinner with. The Democratic strategist and Corey Lewandowski. Oh, I can't wait. Which one is going to say something more outrageous? Which one is going to make me go, yeah. Which one will have me lose my values first? So here's what happened. Can we play the clip from uh, Martha and Corey Lewandowski? I read today about a 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. This is the Democratic strategy who read today about a girl with Down syndrome. Now, Stu, why would they single out this girl who's 10? I'm sure there's lots of kids who are 10. Right. Why would they single out a kid who's 10 with Down syndrome? Could it be? Could it be? That they believe yes. a child with Down syndrome uh-huh. would invoke more emotion. More emotion. If you tell the story of their sadness okay. than the normal okay. uh, everyday kid. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's see what happens when he read this story. Go ahead. I read today about a 10-year-old uh, girl with Down syndrome who oh. was taken from her mother and put in a cage. Wah, wah. I read about a, a, did you say want-want to a 10-year-old with Down syndrome what being I taken said from is her you mother? Can anything How you dare want you? Up, but the bottom line How is very dare clear. You? Okay. When you cross absolutely the All the world is but a stage mm. and we are merely its players. 
Here comes the, the scene, the apex of Act Two. The conflict between the two. Wah, wah. Yes. Our hero, or is he a villain? Our hero because he is sticking up for the rule of law. The villain because he says, wah, wah. He comes in set to strike to take the villain who is the democratic strategist. We know nothing about him, but he's a democratic strategist. So we know exactly what he's going to say. He's now invoking the tender, tender story of a 10-year-old child with Down syndrome. When Lewandowski says, wah, wah, his response is, did you just say wah, wah? Now, there's a sentence I never thought I would hear from an adult. Did you just say wah-wah? When Lewandowski says yes, oh, the action begins to heat up. That's when our democratic strategist stands up and says, How dare you, sir? How dare you? How dare you say that? How dare you? Oh, and the righteous... Rise up to condemn Corey Lewandowski for his wah, wah. Now, any objective viewer, let's say you're a theater critic, you might sit there, out there in the dark, all by yourself, watching this play, who people have said, it's fantastic, you must rush to see it. Then you may be sitting there thinking, this is the biggest tripe I've ever seen. This is the, the, the worst script, the worst actors, the most unbelievable storyline I've ever seen. It is completely unremarkable. Why? Because if you remember earlier in Act One... Our hero, now villain, who is on the side of the Down syndrome children, was on, was on the good side in Act One. And the Democratic strategist and his clan, and I use the word clan carefully here, the Democratic strategist and his clan all clamored to get the audience to believe that Down syndrome children have no quality of life. They have no value. In fact, we should kill all Down syndrome people. It was just in Act One. And the theater critic, you, sits in the back and says, how can the audience be expected to believe the line, how dare you, sir, coming from the same people who were saying we should kill all of them in Act One. It's not like it was another play that you had to buy a ticket to that happened years ago. It happened in the same theater just a short while ago. And as a theater critic, you're also puzzling and puzzling until your puzzler is sore. Thinking to yourself, 
How is the audience expected to believe wah, wah, from the guy who just in act one was saying, no, no, these precious children must have a right to live. You mustn't kill them. They are the best among us. Wah, wah. So you as the theater critic must now choose. You know. Oh, you know everyone loves this play. So you leave the darkened theater, where people have risen to their feet in cheers and thrown tomatoes at the same act. And you leave confused, scratching your head, only to make your way, muddled and befuddled, to your office, where you are now looking over the city in its light. And you think to yourself, is it only me? Because you know, if you pan this movie or this play, you are going to lose half of your audience. Your readers will be up in arms. If you praise this play, the other half will be up in arms. And you wonder what to do, what to do. And so, as a theater critic, you think to yourself, maybe I will just quote Shakespeare. All the world is but a stage, and we are merely its players. This critic has had enough. And it's an end of round two. There is a knockout punch coming, I believe in round three, which is just around the corner. Don't miss the next exciting episode. Car shield. Car shield is something that I have for um, uh, my uh, older cars. Well, you know, once once you don't have a warranty anymore, man, it sucks because you can. This is this is actually what happened to me. I brought my car in, just wanted to have an oil change. Um, I come back in, and and it's I think it's sixty five hundred dollars, and I'm like, what, what? They said, yeah, there was a couple of problems, blah, blah, blah. But don't worry. It was all under warranty with, with CarShield. And I said, all of it? And they said, yeah, you just have to pay for the oil change. Okay. Oh, what a happy day. Now, you could have a really bad day like I could have had, or you can have CarShield. So when your car runs out of warranty, you need the extra protection now. You can get um, the protection of Car Shield and save yourself thousands of dollars. So, do what I did. Go to carshield.com. Use the promo code back. Carshield.com. Promo code back. Or call them at 800 Car 6100. That's 800 Car 6100. When you mention the promo code back, you're going to receive 10% off. Carshield.com. Promo code back. Deductible may apply. So now we have to climb into the ring. We have to climb into the ring for the third round. 
Because fighting is in rounds. And you don't really count a winner until the last punch is thrown. So will there be a knockout punch? Hmm. Well, the media is going for one. Um, they're not looking for a knockout punch on the truth. They're not looking for a knockout punch on the border or for the children or anything else. They're just looking for a knockout punch of Donald Trump. Okay. Could we throw a knockout punch? Not in defense of Donald Trump, because I don't know if you've noticed this. He didn't really need anybody to defend him. He's uh, pretty capable of doing that himself. Could we throw a knockout punch for the truth without sophisticated logic like mwah, mwah? Could we do that? Well, let's go back in the time machine to the first act. If you remember, in the first act, our uh, heroes and villains were on other sides because Obama was in office. There were a few people that were generally unnoticed. One of them was an immigration attorney in 2015. He had just met with the president in a rope line. And he said at the time, and he's brave enough to say it again. At the time, he, in the rope line, thanked the president for DACA. Then, he said, as he shook the president's hand, he asked him to reverse course and close the for-profit baby jails, using his words. Those are family detention centers. Using a for-profit baby jail, I'm sure, would have made him a conspiracy theorist at the time. Of course, if that same guy would say that today about Donald Trump, the same people that would call that a conspiracy theory back then would today say absolutely and he doesn't go far enough. This attorney was looked at uh, by uh, President Obama, and President Obama responded, Are you an immigration lawyer? He said, Yes, I am. He expected then uh, for the president to say, You know, Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. We're going to keep up the fight. I'm working on it. Thanks for your support. You're right. This is a right. Um, uh, you know, the, this is what what we have to do is stop these baby jails. Instead, here's what the president said when he said we have to stop these baby jails and. There was a woman next to him saying, end the family detention. Barack Obama said, quote, I'll tell you what we can't have. We can't have these parents sending their kids here on a dangerous journey and putting their lives at risk. End quote. He wrote in about that exchange in 2015, said he was disturbed by what the president's response was. Not again. I'm working on it. 
but justifying saying this is the only solution. Now, is this attorney, uh, Andrew Free, is this attorney a guy who agrees with me? I highly doubt it. Is he a guy who's a fan? Probably not. Is it a guy I would agree with? I'm having a hard time imagining. I bring him up today because he at least is consistent. Now, we disagree on what should be done. I'm sure he believes we should just let people come across the border. I do not. But we both agree that these, quote, baby jails are wrong and that we should not be separating kids from their parents or as we pointed out in 2014 siblings from one another leaving them entirely alone it's wrong it's inhumane who is consistent glenn back mercury glenn back well welcome to welcome to america welcome to being human in 2018 may i may i give you a question that we all need to chew chew on today should you tell your father happy father's day even though he is now a she and no longer your father but now one of your mothers Yes, Father's Day was four, year, uh, four days ago, but uh, the story is just weird enough that I think we need to report on. Um, one enjoyable line to read was this gem from the Hollywood gossip. Quote, Caitlin is a woman and a transgender icon, but she is and also always will be the father of her six children. Now, imagine reading that to someone 10, even five years ago. Honestly, there is something nice about it. But the strangeness of it having ever been written kind of overpowers the emotional impact it might bring. Kylie Jenner wrote in the Instagram caption under the pre-transition pictures of Bruce Jenner, so lucky to have you. Now, as we all know, she deadnamed Bruce Jenner. Caitlin, (laughs) you don't do that. Now, I know we risk sounding like a tabloid by the you know, mere hint of even having mentioned this story, but the important element is the cultural sway that happens to be occurring. The original story was that a band of disgruntled Twitter users got outraged by the supposed transphobic remarks of Jenner's daughter. What we should be saying is, who the hell cares? Who cares what one Jenner says to another? And more importantly, and on a far deeper level, who cares what some anonymous Twitter user has to say? When are we going to stop playing into the hands of the Twitter mob? Who are they? At the moment, they have it pretty good. They have a nifty little relationship with the mainstream media. One or two Twitter users get outraged by any given thing, left, right, doesn't matter. In this case, Jenner and supposed transphobia. 
In return, the mainstream media used the Twitter comment as a source. Then a larger Twitter audience points to the article itself as proof that there is some kind of systematic justice at play. Now, it's a closed market currency where the negative feedback loop of proof and evidence is composed of completely faulty accusations. But heck, isn't it just great to be alive today? It's Wednesday, June 20th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. All right. Speaking of... uh, Mob justice. Let me tell you the story of Keith Mumphrey. He's a former NFL player. And because I don't know anything about sports, do I want you to introduce him? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he played uh, for the Houston Texans, drafted in 2015, the fifth round. Uh, uh, he, good punt returner, good uh, uh, kickoff returner. Uh, but now, no longer in the NFL. Not because he wasn't a good player, but because of a completely different reason. Because he was accused of doing something terrible. And it was left to defend himself, not one, not two, but at least three times. And now seemingly a fourth time from this accusation uh, that didn't seem to play out in any of the previous investigations. Okay, we have uh, Keith uh, Mumphrey on the phone. He is the NFL player. And Andrew Miltonberg, he is the attorney for Keith, also on the phone because this is an ongoing case. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having us this morning, Glenn. Sure. Keith, how are you, sir? Doing good. How are you? Well, um, better than you, unfortunately. <laughs> um, what's happening to you is, uh, is quite amazing. Can you tell us how this whole thing started? Uh, actually started, um, it was actually the uh, day before my pro day. And I had actually, uh, you know, met this girl on Tinder, but I had met on Tinder months back and um we actually got a chance to you know meet up and she invited me to a room and um but before before she invited me to a room she basically made it known you know like uh what i was coming over there for so when i got over there uh she started to undress like right in front of me uh so she came over there sat down and um uh we got a little it was a situation, and the whole situation was basically about the condom. She didn't want to have sex with a condom. So that's when I kind of, you know, told her, like, hey, it's time for me to remove myself from the room. You know, I don't do that. I uh, have sex with a condom with protection. And she got fears with me. So uh, we had a couple words, and then that's when I left. And then I got a call, you know, basically the next day. So, um, Andrew, can you tell us about the evidence that backs this story up? Well, the, the there really is no evidence, and let me take the reverse, that backs the complainant's story up uh, at all. And Keith, uh, as you know, was found not responsible. The events occurred, in, or allegedly occurred, in March of 2015. And what is she charging? She's charging uh, non-consensual sex, uh, rape in other words. Okay. And uh, there was uh, an investigation by two separate investigators at the school. The investigators spent several months looking into every aspect of this. Uh, They found in September that uh, they couldn't uh, hold uh, Keith responsible because there was not enough or there was no evidence. 
At the same time, there was an ongoing uh, police investigation. And at the end of the police investigation, which was also in September, uh, the uh, police decided that based on, and I'm reading directly from their report, based on a thorough review of all evidence, this case cannot be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. So by November, by by October of 2015, both the school and the police, after considerable investigations, found him not responsible. Okay. So then what happened? And, and let me say, during that period of time, uh, there were a couple of pieces of evidence uh, that uh, corroborated Keith's story. Uh, Keith willingly, without a lawyer at the time, gave his phone over to the police. They did a forensic review of it uh, because there were certain texts on it that uh, were important to the story. He gave a DNA swab to the police, again, on his own, without uh, a lawyer or a representative. So he cooperated fully with this investigation. Uh, soon after that, the uh, young woman files uh, an appeal if you will. Uh, she wants the school to reopen the case. Okay, before you get there, w- w- did she, did, you know, Keith just said it was very clear what I was coming over for. Um, can you clarify that? Also, I understand she said she was 12 shots in uh, and was not in control of herself. Well, she she may have said that, but uh, the the security tape from that whole, from that period of time, clearly shows her walking down the hall um, with no appearance of uh, any inebriation. Her gait was fine. She wasn't falling to one side. She didn't have to hold on to the wall. No one was holding on to her. She walked a a straight line just like anyone else may. Okay. And that's in the police report. Yes. And what's really interesting is notwithstanding what she says, she uh, completely sought Keith out. You know, we have to remember, this was pro day at MSU. Uh, Keith was, was clearly going to be drafted. It was a, a big deal at MSU that he was back there for pro day. And, and she sought him out. And uh, the text messages or the evidence that uh, she knew what was going to happen, is that, without getting graphic, is that... Uh... I think it's, without getting graphic, I think it's fair to say that she had a a a result in mind when she went to seek him. Okay, Very okay. gentlemanly way of saying that. Yes, all right. Okay, so then she appeals. They find nothing. And, and, and this, of course, clears, you know, because if there was an ongoing investigation, if there was questions about this, the Texans are not drafting you, right, Keith? I mean, this this they have cleared this now for you to be drafted, and this story continues kind of in the background. Right. So, Andrew, tell us then, she uh, brings it up again. She brings it up again, and, and here's what's interesting now. She brings it up again. There's no new evidence at all, and the basis for an appeal at MSU uh, is either that there is new evidence or that there's been some procedural misstep. Well, we know that the two investigators spent several months on this. We know that the police spent several months on this. We know that he gave a DNA swab. They reviewed his cell phone. And we know there's no new evidence. 
but what's happening at this period of time, is, which is very interesting, is this is around the period of time that MSU is starting to have to deal with the Larry Nassar debacle. Mm. And that's, that's be first becoming around this period of time, beginning of 2016, it, it's, it's first taking shape and people are realizing that it's, it's a significant large-scale issue. And so the school uh, attempts to get in touch with, uh, with Keith. They send, uh, it's unclear how they tried to get in touch with him uh, other than sending a, an email to his uh, no longer, the, his school account, which he no longer uses. Okay. Uh, it, it, he was pretty, pretty easy to find at that point, and all you had to do was look at the roster on a Saturday or Sunday for the Houston Texans. And in fact, he was invited back to the school by the football department to play in an alumni golf tournament. So it's, it's a mystery to me how the school uh, could not find him. Right. They contacted him on one hand, but couldn't find a way to contact him on something much more important on the other. Correct. Correct. All right. So when we come back, what happened next? It's not pretty. And we get to that in just a second. So is cybercrime in people's genes? The genealogy and DNA testing site MyHeritage has announced a data breach that has exposed email addresses and encrypted passwords for more than 92 million users. The breach involved users who signed up for the service through October 26, 2017, the date of the breach. Now, your personal information from a data breach, criminals can open your account, uh, file tax returns, buy property. I mean, they become you. There are so many threats in today's connected world, word, uh, world and it only takes one to get the criminals into your life. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect against threats to your identity and your devices so you can, you can uh, keep the bad guys out. And if they do break in, they have people on duty, they are experts in this field that clean it up. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all the identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all business, but... With LifeLock, with Norton Security, they can uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BECK for an extra 10% off your first year. That's promo code BECK. An extra 10% off now. Promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code BECK. Welcome to the program. We're talking to uh, Keith Mumphrey. He is a former NFL player for the uh, Houston Texans and his attorney, Andrew Miltenberg, who is uh, laying out this uh, uh, case of not just double jeopardy, but triple jeopardy in a college sexual assault case uh, that ended Keith's uh, career. Uh, And all evidence shows that he has been railroaded and this is this is nothing close to justice. Okay, so we had the school dismiss it. They then, um, uh, and the police, dismiss these charges after two months or so of investigation. They close the case. Uh, Keith goes on. He is now uh, drafted for the uh, Texans. And she opens the case again because 
this particular university is having problems with, you know, a doctor that was checking gymnasts uh, and uh, and and a, a horrible human being. So they want to, you know, flex their virtue muscle muscles and they go into double jeopardy with this girl and they open it up again. And that's correct. And and it's interesting you say that, that they want to flex their muscles during this period of time. The two people that interviewed and did the investigation for the school for Keith's case uh, suddenly left um, in early November, and it's unclear why. And the it was at that same time uh, the complainant, the young woman, asked to uh, reopen the case. And it was assigned, then the case was assigned to someone completely new, uh, someone who we believe was given a, a very strong directive to do exactly what you said, which is flex their, their moral muscle. And so they spend the next four months, so from November to April, uh, reinvestigating, reopening the case, uh, having a hearing, none of which Keith attends because none of which he knows about. And, oh, and there, again, no new evidence. So he's tried, not just without him being there, without any defense for him being there. Correct. Huh. Okay. And, right. and again, not hard to find. I mean, the, the football department or the athletic department knew exactly where to find him when they wanted him to play in an alumni tournament. Uh, in, in fact, that's the way he found out that uh, he had been expelled. He was playing in the, an alumni tournament and uh, for the football program, and someone came up to him and said, wait, you can't be here, you were expelled. Mm. And that's how he learned of this. Keith, and, <laughs> Keith how, how, did, how did that moment go? <laughs> oh man, it's a, that's a moment hard to explain. But I was hurt. You know, I didn't know. You know, I'm living. I'm, I'm in the high of my life. You know, I'm drafted and I come back. You know, to, to you know basically do some charity for Michigan State, and they hit me with that. So I'm like lost. I don't know what to do. I'm sitting here like, you know, what's the next step? So what did you do when you heard that? What happened next? And is this when the Texans find out about it? Uh, no. Okay. All right. So then, so then, what happens, Andrew? Uh-huh. So uh, this goes on. There are multiple, supposedly multiple attempts to reach him. Multiple portions of the investigation where he was supposed to be interviewed, where he never showed up. He's tried in absentia, if you will and uh, found responsible on this appeal. So it's a second trial. He's found responsible uh, in absentia. And, uh, did the court, did, the, did the, um, the school ask the police department to reinvestigate, or was this no. only a school investigation? It was only the school investigation. Okay, good. And perhaps I'm being uh, overly uh, con- conspiracy-minded, but I, I can't help but think that you know, as the Nasser, Dr. Nasser uh, problem is unfolding and we're starting to see that it's not just one Olympic gymnast, but it's dozens of, of world-class gymnasts that are involved. I, I think the school 
at this point, of course, has no more use for Keith Mumphrey. He's not winning the Cotton Bowl for them. He's not catching passes all over the field. Um, and they hang him out to dry, yeah. and he becomes a sacrificial lamb in this attempt to show that the university is, in fact, hard on people accused of sexual misconduct. You could, you could make that case, or I think an easier case to make, would be that they, they wanted to make sure that they were uh, hard on this so she wouldn't go out in front of the press and say they dismiss this case. Uh, showing that uh, that they don't care that this isn't just an isolated incident. This happens to be running rampant through the uh, university. I think that's a very easy case to make. I, I think that's a, a very real reality that, uh, and that, and that goes to what you were speaking before about how quickly by Twitter, uh, you know, a rumor like this can take off, or an allegation like this can take off and literally destroy lives. And that's what happened here. Keith, uh, the, the Detroit Free Press somehow found out about this. The day after they wrote about it, the uh, Houston Chronicle wrote a piece questioning how the Texans could not have known uh, <laughs> that Keith uh, was under investigation. Keith didn't even know it at the time. <laughs> we picked this story up when we come back. When you walk in to buy a car, you really don't have a choice of what salesperson you use in most instances. Whoever walks up to you kind of has the rights to you, and you negotiate with that person. And if you're going down the wrong road half an hour in, most people are just going to stick with it and ride it out and suck it up and deal with it. You don't have to do that with real estate agents. You can go another way. You can go with someone who's already been screened, who already has been qualified by a pretty intense system from realestateagentsitrust.com. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find one of the 1,200 agents all over America that have already been qualified that you know share your values. A lot of these people listen to the show. They understand business, how it's supposed to be done and how it's it was done in the past. And they make sure that you can get the right real estate agent. They make sure you get the right deal for your house. And they make sure you're treated with respect. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you need to sell your house fast and for the most money. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So we were talking about an amazing story um, out of uh, Michigan uh, about Keith Mumphrey. Keith is a former NFL player, was with the uh, Texans, but has lost that position now because he was accused of rape um, and uh, the police found no evidence. The school found no evidence. Then the investigation of the uh, doctor that was the uh, gymnast that was uh, molesting young girls at the same university comes up. So the school reopens this case. The police do not. They have no new evidence. The school has no new evidence. Uh, but they decide to take a strong stand. And I believe this it's uh, be very easy to make the case that this was the school just trying to uh, silence this girl so there are no more uh, accusations that they sweep these things under the rug. They convict him without him being able to pose any kind of uh, defense. He doesn't even know this is going on. They ask him, the same school, ask him to come up and do something for charity. He goes to the game and he's going to play and he is told that he's been expelled by somebody on his team. 
he doesn't know anything about it. The attorneys now get involved and the press gets involved and they start asking questions like, how did the Houston Oilers hire this rapist? How did they not know? Do I have the story correct, Andrew? You have it correct, and and you did it justice telling it in uh, such a clear and succinct way as you did. Okay, so tell us what happens now. So, Keith, uh, the day after the Houston Chronicle uh, runs this story questioning how the Houston Texans could not have known this, even though, as you aptly said, uh, Keith didn't know about it, uh, Keith's called into his GM's office and uh, waved. And at that time, and Keith will tell you that... uh, he had had two good years and was slated to be number three on the depth chart as far as wide receivers go. Uh, and you know what's really more amazing about this story is what, and Keith will tell you, how much he overcame from his childhood, where he came from, self-taught to become an academic All-American, an outstanding athlete, and uh, escape what is, by all accounts, a a very rural town in southern Georgia that uh, seems to be one, and I visited him there, that would be hard to get out of. And he has this this success. They have a Keith Mumphrey day in his town. Mm. He's the pride and joy of this uh, small town. And uh, now not only is his NFL career over, but he can't even get into a graduate school uh, if he wanted to continue studies and get a master's degree somewhere. So, Keith, a couple questions. Um, what was it like? Uh, I mean, you're a guy who, you know, obviously um, had put everything into football and you were uh, very excited about it. You're, you're on an NFL team. You're doing really well. What was that day like when you found out they're not going to back you on this false charge? Oh man, <laughs> it, it, was, it was tough. It was like the you know the walls came crashing down because you know this is how I feed my family, and you know growing up seeing my mama struggling, working at Tyson Chicken Corporation, making ten dollars an hour for twenty years, like that's all I could think about. Like the people who took care of me growing up, and now I don't have a way to pay them back and help them financially. So that 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 was one of the main reasons because I always you know. Pray to God, and you know, asking, like, you know, let me to be the breadwinner. So, for me to be a man and not be able to be a breadwinner, it sucked. <laughs> not be able to take care of my family and continue to take care of my family. So, um, Andrew, where 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 does it go from here? Well, if I, you know, even if I have one second more, Keith, you know, Keith said something to me that I'd like him to say, which is how uh, important this is, not just for him anymore, but for that whole town and community. Keith, you've been very eloquent to talking about that. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it's bigger than me. You know, see, I'm the, I'm the first person from my hometown to go to the NFL. Second person professionally. The first one was Roger Kingdom. I was second. So you know, uh, a lot of little kids, you know, look up to look up to me where, where I'm from, and uh, where I'm from is hard to dream. Uh, we don't have that many influences, so I felt like you know God allowed me to be in a situation to help influence kids and to show them that it's not only about sports; it's also about academics. And you know, you got to continue to 
push. And if you want something really bad, you got to work for it. So I felt like through my influence, that was my platform to help encourage other kids. Because you know you have some kids that are good kids, then you have some kids who need a little extra help. And when when an adult or somebody who comes around with some influence and speaks some words of encouragement in that kid, then the kid takes off. The kid takes flight. So I felt like I was the voice for a lot of, you know, underprivileged kids around my area. Keith, what have you learned from this? What have I learned? Yeah. Uh, you know that, you know, I, you know, through the thick and the thin, and you know, through through the trials and tribulations, like you can't give up. You got to continue to push, and the truth will always come to light. You know what I mean? Like everything, everything will be good as long as you don't give up. So my goal is, you know, no matter what this life brings to me, I'm gonna continue to move forward and keep it positive every day. Every day because of where I'm from. And, you know, just being able to see, like, hey, I made it out of here. I can definitely go catch some more of these blessings and, and continue to chase greatness. Have you uh, deleted Tinder as an app? <laughs> <laughs> I had Tinder in years. <laughs> uh, so uh, where are you taking this now, Andrew? How How is justice served? So we filed a uh, complaint in federal court in Michigan. Uh, the school has uh, been served with the papers. We haven't heard back from them yet. They still have a couple of weeks before the deadline is for them to respond. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how they do respond. There has been, within the legal community, an outpouring of support. I've gotten several dozen calls from lawyers uh, asking to help out on the case, uh, whatever they could do for Keith. Uh, a couple of NFL trainers have reached out to Keith to help keep him in shape uh, without charging him during uh, this period of time. Um, we'd like to get Keith's name cleared so he can get back into the NFL and at, or at the very least have an opportunity to have uh, an academic career. Uh, it, and so that's where we're headed. Right, how, how concerned are you as an attorney that um, – we have these kangaroo courts popping up in universities that are trying people for things that should be tried in a court of law. And when the police say there's not enough, they just take it on themselves and try it, in this case, in abstentia. Well, it's interesting you say that. You know, we've been seeing the effects nationwide of the Me Too movement over the last eight to ten months. And, and no one can say that it's not important that uh, victims of sexual assault, or people who believe they've been sexually assaulted, need a, a voice and a safe space to come forward. But this has been going on for several years on campus. And the process by which universities do this is, is, is a shambles. It's, it's unprofessional. There's no thoughtful investigation in most cases. In most cases, there is a, a desire to find the young man responsible. And the thought is that this will really not have an impact on the person's life, that he'll just go find another school to go to, but we want to get him out of our school. But we've learned through one or two other cases, and now more importantly through Keith's case, that it's not so easy. The school can come back and, and grab you, 
and still ruin your life after you've left the premises. And I think it's very frightening. And that's what makes Keith's case so unique is that he was pulled back at the pinnacle of his his profession. Uh, and uh, And it was all destroyed. And the school did nothing to give him an opportunity to be heard. Um, uh, Andrew, there is uh, one story that broke yesterday out of uh, Bay County, Michigan, uh, where a uh, judge just put uh, a woman in into jail for 45 days. She could serve as much as 220 days because she said she was raped at Del- Delta College. Uh, she was lying about it. Uh, they almost put a guy who was out on parole uh, who happened to be on college campus at that time. They almost put him in jail. Um, and then she started to change her testimony, and they found out that she was lying. Does that uh, bode well for you in Michigan? I think it bodes well for not just for our case with Keith, but for the in, for the hope that nationwide people start to look at allegations of sexual assault a little differently, and they start to take a harder look at the evidence and the process by which they are essentially condemning the accused. Can you can you prove that she was I mean, she can't prove that this happened. It sounds to me that the evidence is pretty good that she was lying about it. Can you prove and do you think it's important to uh, put her uh, behind bars for uh, for false accusations? I say that's something that we're we're certainly looking into. Um, it's it's not hasn't been Keith's focus because he wants to get back to mm-hmm. uh, to the NFL, uh, but it's certainly something to consider because these allegations, uh, which really started after uh, this young woman called her dad, and her dad who lived close to the school uh, drove to the school and saw his little girl in distress and did what dads do when they see that, uh, but that started this whole wave of of problem going forward Um, i'd like to see some ramifications whether they're criminal or civil something for people who lie about sexual assault and misconduct and rape um andrew thank you very much i appreciate it and uh, keith mumphrey will keep watching um the story and please keep us up to date on uh on any action on that um it's it is a compelling and frightening frightening story thank you so much gentlemen thank you for having us you believe him i mean i mean yeah you you look at the evidence of because this is not just us talking about this this is an extensive new york times story written about this as well in which they go through all the evidence and it just, you know, when you have multiple investigations uh, and you're cleared, that should be the end of it. That's mm-hmm. that's a very basic concept of justice in the United States. Not to mention, you made this point, and I'm so glad you did, because colleges are not supposed to be investigators of crimes. We have a legal system that's supposed to Not only to not investigators, they're not judge, jury, and <laughs> no. executioner. It doesn't make any sense. No. This All, all yes. these Title IX... 
cases that go through anybody who is it's, it's anybody insane. who is uh, who, you know who says hey Sharia law we can't have a separate court system going yeah. on Where well you? that's it it's just not ruled by Sharia law it's the law of the higher education institutions all right uh, let me tell you about Simply Safe. They're a sponsor of this half hour. We're so grateful that they um, uh, sponsor the program and, and make this portion possible. Um, the BBB, the Better Business Bureau, in 2007 heard more than 5,000 complaints about alarm companies. Now, I, I just find that, ama- I find that amazing that the people that you are trusting to watch your house. You're like they're defrauding me, man. They're 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 screwing me. They're they're using all these little legal loopholes. They're raising uh, the uh, price on me. They're they're doing all these things, all these hidden fees and and hidden clauses in their contract. Wow, that sounds like somebody I want to watch over my family at night. Simply Safe. They have an A plus rating from the BBB. Uh, they have this from over ten years now of people. They have all kinds of. Um, really, really strong uh, five-star reviews online. Over 40,000 five-star reviews online. How do you get that to happen, especially in that industry? Well, you don't have any contracts. You don't have any strings attached. There's no wiring to it. You own the system. You're in control of it. And you're also in control of uh, when they watch your house and when they don't. If you if you want them to do the 24-7 monitoring, it's $14.95 a month. There's no contract. It's really easy. You pay that amount. There's... No hidden fees, nothing. That's the amount. Pay it. You don't want to have it. You just call up and say, I don't want it next month or, you know, I don't want it anymore, whatever. And the alarm system still works. It just isn't being monitored um, by Simply Safe anymore. That's the way. You're, you're in control of your life. That is the future. This is the future of security and why they have an A-plus rating from the BBB. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Right now, you'll get 10% off protecting your family at simplysafe.com. Beck.com. Get that system for 10% off now at simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome back to the program. There's a new study out uh, about these college rape prevention programs because uh, a lot of rapists are usually just talked out of it. Um, if they go to a program at a college, they're just going to mm-hmm. be like, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna be a rapist, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the other way now right. because of this wonderful program. Right. What they're actually finding in the study is these things are backfiring. Uh, the what the study found was that high risk males may in fact be more likely to engage in sexual violence as a result of these interventions. One of the papers from 2015 suggests that uh, when people perceive their freedoms are threatened, they may resist such influence and assert autonomy by moving in the opposite direction to the perceived influence uh, studies from 2014 uh, 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 from an anti-smoking and drinking campaign corroborate this when high-risk people's choices are threatened they risk uh, the risky behavior is reinforced not lessened and they Holy found mother. these you know th- these crazy programs that are supposed to stop the rape culture going on may actually be making whatever is there worse perfect mm. perfect yay Glenn All right, let's take a vote. You know, an objective, quantifiable count. How many resolutions has the UN Human Rights Council adopted condemning dictatorships? Well, that's actually pretty easy. If you can define dictatorship. Well, one metric is the UN Human Rights Council condemnation. 
How many times has the United Nation issued a, a human rights violation uh, condemnation to China? Now, they have a higher body count than, you know, any official professional Call of Duty player that has been playing it for a millennia. How many against China? Zero. How about Venezuela, where socialism is devouring its own in the cruelest, most unsettling ways imaginable? Zero. How about Russia, home of the unsettling cruelty, rampant censorship, murder, actual homophobia? Zero. Iraq? Zero. Turkey? Zero. Iran? Zero. Cuba? Zero. Pakistan? Zero. According to the UN, UN, Human Rights Council condemnations, 2006 2016, none of these nations were or is as dangerous as we imagine. Well, well, at least none of them, you know, faced any kind of condemnation. Not a single one. Meanwhile, one country in particular has faced unbelievable scrutiny and fury. Somalia, right? No, 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 no. North Korea. You know, they've got the concentration. No, uh-uh. Mm-mm-mm-mm. 68 Human Rights Council condemnations for Israel. In fact, the number of total United Nations condemnations against Israel outnumbers the total uh, condemnations against all other countries combined. The only other country that even comes close to Israel's 68 is Syria with 15 So now people say, we can't withdraw from the world. Yes, we can. If the world has gone insane, yes, we can. We should. We should. We should lead the world back into daylight and out of darkness, lies, and deceit. The Trump administration withdrew from the United Nations Human Rights Council on Tuesday in a protest of what it perceives as an entrenched bias against Israel and a willingness to allow notorious human rights abusers as members. Nikki Haley at the council on Tuesday said, quote, let's remember that the Hamas terrorist organization has been inciting violence for years, long before the United States decided to move our embassy. This is what's endangering the people of Gaza. Make no mistake. Hamas is pleased with the results from yesterday. She added, no country in this chamber would act with more restraint than Israel has, end quote. Now, maybe, just maybe, more people should start listening to Haley. Hopefully they will, but it's not likely. But, but, it's no crime, at least today, to at least hold out hope. It's Wednesday, June 20th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mm. So, Stu, who's on the United Nations Human Rights Council? These are the ones that are saying uh, we we are going to uh, make sure that we protect human rights all around the world. Uh, heads of children's hospitals, um, no. Mother Teresa's no. uh, relatives. No. Um, Gandhi Part Two, the sequel. No, no, Um, Burundi. Is it Burundi? Egypt. 
Oh, okay, they're great. Rwanda, Cuba, Venezuela, Venezuela, China. I wonder why they didn't have any uh, condemnations. Hmm. Hmm. India, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. It's a good group. That's a good group. Mm-hmm. You want to protect human rights? Those are the people to do it for you. Well, a lot of them have had a lot of experience with violations of human oh, rights, you, so they might be hey, able to recognize. Takes one to know one. <laughs> there you go. Possibly. It's amazing. Possibly. I can't. I can't believe the people who are defending this. This is like they're using the media is using this very much as a. You know, people don't know this. They don't know that Venezuela's on this commission, right? But when you say the U.S. is dropping out of a human rights commission, it just sounds terrible. And if you leave it there for the average person, I'm not talking to a person who listens to talk radio or watches cable news all the time that might know a little bit about one of these commissions. But for the average person who sees that headline, it looks terrible. You know, it's time for the average person to grow up. It really is. It's time now's for, the time you're going to give them a yeah, pass gonna, over the past couple hundred years. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, now's the time. You know, maybe everybody was like, you know, dumb as a box of rocks, uh, and you didn't wake up after nine eleven, and you didn't wake up. You know, all the things that have been happening, you didn't wake up as they were. You know, uh, giving your uh, your your grandmother a massage in her pants at the airport. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's just time that you just. Grow up, wake up, and start educating yourself because you're about to lose all of it. All of it. You don't know what the UN Human Rights Council, you, you don't know who's on. You couldn't Google search that before you got online and started to rant. Again, you, Googling is like six steps past they're willing to go. <laughs> I know. If okay, they I know, get I know, to the end of the headline, yes. I'd be surprised. Yes, you're right. You'd have to get to the end of the headline. You'd have to read the story. Then you'd have to Google. Then yeah, you'd have to pick yeah, a, a viable source. You'd have mm-hmm. to learn what a viral viable source is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd have to actually read about it. Then you'd have to be informed about mm-hmm. what has happened in Venezuela mm-hmm. and Rwanda and all of these various mm-hmm. countries you mentioned. That's mm-hmm. way too much work. You're right. You're right. You're right. But this looks like the way and the way the media has treated it is Donald Trump doesn't care about human rights, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to communicate. Mm-hmm. And they have used this as another piece of evidence. And we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday uh, on the news and why it matters in that there is a a, a line in coverage of Donald Trump because they always are obviously negative about Donald Trump in the media. Right. Mm -hmm. This happens all the time. But their normal tone, if you watch a CNN or MSNBC, is this sort of uh, exasperated belief like they just can't understand how you americans don't see this the way they do Mm -hmm. how can he have any supporters look how bad of a guy he is Mm -hmm. here's lie after lie after lie and and here's where he's offensive on this topic and offensive on this topic and why aren't why do i have to keep saying this he just keeps lying and no one believes us and this is crazy it's that exasperation and that is that exasperation that quite honestly we had uh with barack obama that we would get on and we'd be like, how, how is it that nobody sees this? Yeah. How is it that they're not seeing this? Right. And, and so you kind of like you understand that level. Again, that's not supposed to be where journalism is. Again, we're a talk show. We're an opinion show. And so but the average person, I think, on the right was exasperated by why don't you see what we're seeing? Right. And that is the generalized tone of cable news right now. Yes. With exceptions. When it's good. Right. I'll when it's you, on a good day. When it's on a good day. They're mm-hmm. just like, oh, I can't believe this. He just said the opposite of this two mm-hmm. weeks ago. And no yeah. one cares. And right. They're just exasperated. Correct. 
there have been several moments during the Trump presidency mm-hmm. and, and in back into the campaign as well, which which have changed them. They've crossed a line. There's been certain issues in which they believe this time they've got him. Always. And, and this time they don't have to they don't have to throw the journalistic niceties out there to act as if they have no opinion on this man, right? They they go to a point where it is it becomes straight out advocacy. This border issue has crossed into that territory. If you want to go to it beforehand, you can look at Parkland. The same thing happened. But another example, um, you could go back to Charlottesville. Same thing. And again, they may be right on certain parts of these well, stories. For instance, for instance, I thought the, the, the last time I thought this was uh, during the debate when he took on George Bush. And, you know, do you remember he, he was, I think, in North Carolina and he just started saying crazy stuff about Barbara and George and first George and all this stuff. And I thought, OK, that there's no way there's no way that Republicans are going to tolerate that. There's just no way it's over. He's just done it to himself. No, he didn't. And, you know, you quickly become you you realize, no, nothing's going to take this guy out. <laughs> Nothing is going to. But he, he can. can't do or say anything that people will actually care about because it isn't really even about him. Right. And, and then the idea of a of a, a cable news station, if you're a journalist, your, I, your, your goal shouldn't be to alert people to take this guy out. No. That's not supposed to be your job. You're no. supposed to be telling people what's going on. No. And that's why these but issues you can, are... But you can understand how people are like, oh God, they don't even care about that. You can understand that. This is a, but what they have instead sure. of, what they have is, ah, that's going to take him out. Yeah. Now he's done. We got him this time. This That's time it's different. too important. This time it's too important. Let's just go for it. I mean, I was you watch cable news is particular. You know, CNN and MSNBC are the same way, um, and it is straight out advocacy. Mm-hmm. It is. It, they're not even attempting to tell the stories as a journalist tells the stories at times. And this is not universal. This is not every single journalist by any means, but a lot of them. And there's this point of. It's you can almost see them gleefully being freed from these restraints mm-hmm. of this job they have, where they're supposed to be quote unquote fair and balanced. And you know, someone who would listen to this would be like, "Oh, you're not saying Fox doesn't advocate for the president?" Absolutely, they do. A hundred percent. The 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 job of uh, of the majority of Fox News is simply to advocate whatever opinion Fox, Donald Trump has said is the one they're supposed to have. I would separate that uh, s- somewhat from the news. The news, some, yes, yeah, the journalists, somewhat. The journalists are the journalists, and I think that that's the, true on all of with all of these fronts. Yes. So it is not. I, it is important to point out that it is not universal on any of these, and it's not just. It mm. isn't just left. There, we uh, you pointed this out when you were talking, and if you go back to the first hour. Here's a good thing for you to do if you tune in right now. At some point today, go back and listen to the first hour of this program. <laughs> I don't know. If, you know, you should. <laughs> I don't know if that's really <laughs> no, you my should. finest hour. It was, uh, I think. It was a fine hour. And one of the parts towards the, know, about halfway through, you talk about the theater of what happened with Corey Lewandowski on the air yesterday where he was mocking this Down syndrome uh, child and how oh wow the, well, he goes wah, wah, when they talk about a down syndrome child who's taken from their parents in one of these uh border situations and you know it's just theater right like they're both of these people would be on the exact opposite side on another day 
and you walked through that and that's important to know and that is it is part of this but there is a really noticeable line and it's freeing if you could see it and there's a in a way obviously the disgust of everything that donald trump does is always there in some subtle fashion but this is not it's, it's unleashed right it's just they they think they are so in the right it doesn't matter anymore we don't have to tell these stories in a fair way we don't even have to attempt to 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 try to for example they keep saying there's a change in policy when it comes to uh separating parents from children the right is saying no there's no there's been absolutely no change this is an old policy the left is saying and the media largely is saying this is all donald trump's fault he has changed the policy to make kids be separated from their parents no. and uh he could undo it with a stroke of a pen okay he's gonna be a dictator but but he can change this with a stroke of a pen but go ahead but he, donald trump has changed no policy when it comes to separating parents from children the policy there has been a change so the right is wrong there but it is not about separating parents from children the change has come in that donald trump has decided to prosecute people who come across the border when you prosecute someone a parent for a crime you don't also throw their children in prison that's not the way the system works. Whenever you prosecute someone and they need to be detained, you separate them from children. This happens all over America to American citizens on a daily basis. From no, everything I, from no, serial killing to small-level drug true. crimes. That is not true. That is not true. Because I remember when uh, Anthony Weiner went to jail, he went to prison with his children and his wife. <laughs> no! He yeah, was no, separated was, no. from his family. No. No, they all go together as a family. No, they don't. That's not how our society works. <laughs> right. Now, you can say, hey, Don, you shouldn't be prosecuting people that come across the border. But look at what you're admitting when you say that. What you're admitting is not that your problem is about separating families. Your problem is you don't think crossing the border should be a crime. You are saying the problem you have with this process is that illegal border crossings should not be illegal. That is what your opinion is. It has nothing to do with separating children from parents because we all agree that should happen, by the way, for the good of the child. If, the if, you're, if your parent is a rapist and gets convicted or, or is being charged from rape and held in prison, I don't think it's a good idea for the toddlers to go along to the prison cell. Let me, let me ask you this, if I, if I may. Yes. Um, Stu, uh, when we look at uh, this situation... It, it it wasn't happening before under Obama. That's not exactly true. You're going to be surprised to hear. Um, it it uh, there was a lot of elements of this that were. Now he, in fact, it's exactly the same law. Obama just decided not to prosecute and instead let people go. Now, mm -hmm. let me ask you this: Are you relieved that there's absolutely no human trafficking happening on our border? I'm relieved. Uh, I kind of thought there was a lot of human no, trafficking. No, there's no going human on. trafficking. No, None? because if there, well, no, if there was, and you cared about human trafficking, mm -hmm. you would want to verify that those kids are part of this family, that they're not just randomly because, with some trafficker. Well, especially if you if you know you can get across with families. Okay, let's say we go down the road that the left wants us to, 
And we say, okay, well, if you're the family, we're going to let you go. What does that do? That incentivizes people to come across the border with families. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't have a family, they will come over with a family, which means drug lords will employ children to act as kids. They will be human trafficked. Or somebody will just take kids and pretend that those are their children. Correct? Yes. Right. So you would like to have some paperwork, but because we don't have any paperwork, we don't demand any paperwork on the border. It's just a free-for-all. You come over. We have no way to verify. So now we have said we should take DNA testing of anyone who says this is my child, but the left doesn't want that. So let me boil it down to this. Not only are they saying that we don't want this to be a crime, they are also saying we don't care about human trafficking because all of the policies that we are advocating only strengthen those who want to deal in human life. Most Americans, our home is our biggest investment. It's the biggest one we'll ever make. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the right agent that can make a significant difference in the outcome of buying or selling your home. Now, this is the time to buy or sell a home. Most people uh, want to make a decision on where they're living before school starts. We have over a thousand agents all over America who are just like you. They, they share your sensibilities. They believe in a square deal for everybody. And our agents are fully vetted and handpicked for their team, um, for their knowledge, for their skill, for their track record. Do they know your area? Thousands of families have already put realestateagentsitrust.com to buy and sell homes, and the results are remarkable. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Helping families who are moving to another area, families who are taking care of their parents remotely, or just helping families get the most for their home as quickly as possible. You want to sell your home on time and for the most amount of money? It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So glad you're here. Have you gotten your uh, your fix yet? Because there's some things that you we can share. If you haven't gotten your fix yet of outrage, where, you know, you because everybody needs to be outraged about something that is entirely meaningless, right? I mean, I have to have something that really makes no difference or is none of my business whatsoever, but I need to be really outraged. Now, in case you didn't get your fix, we have a good one. We have a really good one. Uh, this one's about the movies. A journalist several months ago, a few colleagues and I did a lighthearted story where we called up lots of famous people and asked about their favorite movies about their professions. Mm. So what mm. does the head of NASA think is the best movie about astronauts? Right. What does Cal Ripken Jr. think the best movie is about baseball? Poignantly, I interviewed Anthony Bourdain about his favorite movie about oh, cooking. Boy. Oh, boy. In the end, we had 25 movies, but only seven female voices. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I may blow a a blood vessel seven out of the 25 only seven <sighs> let me relax on that because i'm just seriously i may have to go to the hospital for a few minutes then come back after i get some xanax or something because i'm so outraged but wait there's more you're listening to the glenn Beck program well we are if you haven't been outraged yet you must have just gotten up 
because there's a million things that you could be outraged about, and uh, we want to make sure everybody gets their fix today. Now, here's one that, you know, sure, sure, some people say that it's no big deal, but I'll tell you, not me. Mm, not I'm me. glad. I'm yeah. glad that you're on the right side of this. Right. So a journalist uh, decides yeah. to figure out um, which movies, you know, the people who are actually in those professions say is the best. So, like, what does the head of NASA say is the best space movie? Mm. And so and the interesting reason she's talking about this, listen to her explanation. An mm. email interviewer just asked me how journalists can even out gender imbalance in sourcing. Sorry, what? Can we start there for a moment? Can we? An email interviewer just asked me how journalists can even out gender imbalance in sourcing. Ah. Now, first of all, we're told there's no difference between the genders. So why would you need to in, to balance out gender uh, gender imbalance in well, sourcing? If, if the genders are all the same. I would say to you, I'd go a step further, Stu. How dare you for even recognizing genders? Well, right, exactly, right? Like, if if that's what we're supposed to believe, why would we want to balance this out? Mm-hmm. Secondarily, while there can be, like, if you're going to, for example, voters, right, and you wanted to get voters' opinions on things, you'd want to make sure you had some cross-section why are of they, the public. Because, why are, are women and men different in their voting? Again, I don't believe this, right? I, I, right. I believe that they are actually different. However, they do tend to vote percentage-wise differently. You, you don't want to necessarily have... Hmm. Um, I wonder why that is. I know. They may be different, maybe. Um, but I can understand that, right? You'd want to have a cross-section of mm-hmm. the voting public that is sure. representative of the percentage of the sure. voters that might be voting, sure. right? That makes sense. Yeah. When you're conducting right. a poll, scientifically, you might right. want that. When you're talking about a source of a news story, what you want is someone who's going to tell you the truth about the news story. Why the heck would you care what their genitals are? Why would their genitals factor into who you're sourcing to give you the truth of a news story? Well, an implicit bias is that like if you go, well, I wanted to get the CEO of Disney's opinion. So I looked for a female CEO of Disney and could not find one. Well, maybe there isn't one. Maybe the expert in the story happens to have a different part between their legs. And I know it's going to be disappointing to you. I don't know what it has to do with your job. Honestly, it's not, you know, there are certain industries in which that's very important. Porn being one, perhaps, but not here. And wouldn't it be interesting to see what the head of NASA said? And if he were a white man, because remember, we are just asking one person for their opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If he were a white man, maybe he would say the right stuff. If he were if he were a she uh, and black Maybe he'd say it's what's the woman, right, the, the one that just came out, that last just came year. out. Yeah, maybe she would say that. And as white men, that, we don't even know the title. Is that right? Is that a <laughs> uh, is that a uh, does that make it more accurate? Right. No, no. They're both they're, opinions they're of opinions. two different people. So the story that she quote thinks about all the time she nah. says i think about this incident all the time all the time can you ma- again i always find it interesting to get perspective from because this is another world to me uh, this is this this story is a complete another universe i never even cross into it right a place in which all the time i'm thinking about getting the right gender balance of a story of people's opinions on movies this is something that she is admitting dominates her thought process 
It's fascinating mm. to me. Well, that shows how pig-headed you as I a agree. White man Probably are. does. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Several months ago, a few colleagues and I did a lighthearted story where we called up lots of famous people and asked a lighthearted about, story. Right. Again, it's not even an important not story. Even important story. Uh, uh, and asked about their favorite movie about their professions. What does the head of NASA think about the best movie about astronauts? Now, again, if it's the head of NASA, right? It's either going to be a man or a woman or oh one of the gosh. other 962 thank genders. You, thank it's going to be. It's only you. one person, though, right? Right. It's not like you can, you get two options. I'll take the female head of NASA. You have one person who's heading up NASA, whoever and that is. And why is NASA so uh, <laughs> horrible that they're only narrowing it down to two options? <laughs> How about this? What does Cal Ripken Jr. think the best movie about baseball? Cal Ripken Jr. is a person. We know he's a man. Right. Unless he's changed his identification recently that I didn't hear about. And if you're looking for a famous <laughs> baseball player that is a woman. It's going to be a tough one to find. Right. If you want to ask somebody about the best javelin throwing, uh, you, you might, might be, be able, able to find one. Right. Here you don't have a choice because Cal Ripken Jr. is always a man as far right. as I know. Right. Now, I know that's not always guaranteed in today's society. But as far as I know with Cal, he is. She, she writes, poignantly, I interviewed Anthony Bourdain about his favorite movie about cooking. Now, cooking is a topic in which you could go to anyone, right? You could go to a man or a woman, any of the thousands of genders, and find someone who likes to cook. But she chooses to go to Anthony Bourdain, a man, as far as I know. In the end, we had 25 movies, but only seven female voices. Some readers were annoyed, and rightfully so. Okay, stop. <laughs> I just don't even. Some readers were annoyed. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, some people that listen to this think that I, to this broadcast every day, think that I am sending them messages silently through the air. Right now, they're going. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear what oh, you're he's saying. He's confirming it. I hear what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> some listeners. We generally don't worry about those listeners, okay? Well, we do worry about them, but just in a different way. You don't program the show for the people who think they're getting secret messages through silence. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some listeners, some viewers, some readers can think an awful lot of things. Mm-hmm. But we we usually try to say <laughs> mm, they don't have a lot of time on their hands. And so they don't represent the the common person. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, while I do generally agree with your analysis here, mm-hmm. is there any part of you in this addicted to outrage world that does not believe that a bunch of people were were annoyed at them for only putting seven of the 25 people who reviewed no, movies as women. No, I don't believe that. I, do, I believe on, women wait, no, actu- no, wait, wait, let me finish, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I do believe that there was one or two, and then one or two said it on Twitter, and that became 20, right. and those 20 became 1,000, <laughs> because we have 330 million people. We don't have 1,000 crackpots who have nothing better to do with their time than be pissed off about a, quote, light-hearted story? Mm-hmm. Of course we do. Of course we do. So as the author writes, some readers were annoyed, and rightfully so. No, what not they, rightfully so. What but, I yeah. agree, disagree with that. What, didn't, <laughs> what they didn't know is that I was annoyed, too. Mm. I had called dozens of women. Dozens. I had called a ratio of three women to one man. She's got a folder of women. <laughs> yeah, binders. She's binders, got binders, binders of, of women. women. 
the women kept demurring. They kept saying, I'm not funny enough, or I'm not a big enough expert, or mm. try this colleague instead. Damn these men. The men all thought they were big enough experts. They were more than happy to talk. So sometimes what we see is a, is a failure of journalism, but sometimes it's a deeper societal problem mm. that has to do with confidence and overconfidence. Oh, Again, amen, sister. Preach on. And with women feeling safe speaking up. Oh, thank goodness somebody and with, said it. I, is there real? I mean, look, again, I'll admit I have uh, no knowledge of this being an actual issue. I admit maybe I'm not the best, the the most well-cultured person Do me a in favor. our society. Do me a favor. However. Stop. Do me a favor. Yes. Back away from the microphone for just a second. Yes. Okay. Back away. I'm, I'm away. All right. Now, open up your pants. I don't want to see anything. Just look down them. Looks you got the anything in there? Yeah, yeah. There's... Then you definitely have no right to <laughs> chime in on this. Sometimes it's a deeper societal problem that has to do with confidence. Now, again, look at who's getting assigned with the problem here. Someone calls you up and asks you, hey, what's your favorite movie? Here's the problem. A deeper societal problem that has to do with confidence and overconfidence. So men are too confident to share their movie opinions, and women don't have quite enough confidence to share their movie opinions? Their movie opinions. They're, let's just say that again. Their movie opinions. Movie opinions. I Look, I'm not an expert on movies. I don't know. I... You've got to call a man for that. <laughs> and with women feeling safe speaking up. Can I tell you something? Wait, women are, no, don't feel no, safe speaking no, up about their favorite movies? No, I said, Is that a thing? no, they don't. Okay. I said, I said one time to a group of men that I just <laughs> really liked an affair to remember. And they all raped me. Oh, they God. raped me and they beat me. And I no <sighs> longer feel comfortable saying anything about movies. Wow, you furthered the rape culture with that comment. I, I have, you know I have. I and you know, you know what? Another thing, mm -hmm. it is so... It is so it's a it's a micro, even a macro aggression, the way men handle these things with movies, because I as a woman, which I identify now as I as a woman say to my husband, which my wife now identifies as I'll say, you want to go to a movie and they'll say, I don't care, whatever. <gasps> and oh, they are training me to be docile on my the oppression of their no movie opinion when I ask shows me they don't care about my opinion when I'm asked. So I can no longer give my opinion oh, no. if you ask. I, don't, I didn't follow that, but it sounds well, tragic. Well, it doesn't. It is, it is no. The good thing is, in 2018, it is no longer necessary. <laughs> Has anybody uh, been paying attention to the stock market? What is it today? Uh, I did bounce back up a little bit, I believe. Some of the losses from yesterday. Uh, let's see, we can we can find that number here for you. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got another story here. Uh, oh, did you hear about uh, Starbucks? Oh, Starbucks has weaker than expected sales. And they're expected now to close the hundred stores for more than an afternoon. Oh no! Um, by the way, back has bounced back to the negative, down another fifty points. Hmm. Okay. Uh, for the Dow. Well, here's one. U.S. Treasury Department for April, uh, April published on June 15th, revealed that Russia 
has now sold $47.4 billion out of the 96.1 it has held as treasury bonds. Moscow cut its treasury holdings uh, by $1.6 billion in February, reduced it by nine, uh, and it has continued to do so. Uh, tariff wars unleashed by Washington has stirred fears that financial markets may be in for a rough ride with American treasuries dumped by each of our big partners, including such major holders as China, Japan, and Russia. But don't worry about it. If we don't stop this nonsense with the trade wars, it's going to end the way it always ends. Uh, and uh, it was Smoot-Hawley that uh, changed everything for the Great Depression. That was a trade war. We've seen the volatility. We have seen people um, panic. Look at the stock market over the last six days. Down again today. It's now the seventh day in a row that it's down. We're seeing people worried about rising inflation. The one investment that thrives in inflation is gold. As the dollar becomes worth less and less because... It's going to happen because how do we cripple other countries' economies and then expect them to buy our loans because we are still spending $1 trillion more every single year than we were under the last, under the last guy, and the last guy was out of control. Who's going to buy all that? This is what happens to countries like Zimbabwe. Goldline is going to give you a free Zimbabwean $10 billion banknote just for calling and speaking to one of their account executives about the benefits of owning gold. They're going to send you some information, but they're also going to send you a $10 billion bill from Zimbabwe. It's worthless. It's completely worthless, but it's a good reminder to show to your friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, this is what happens, and it could happen here. Call today. See how easy it is to own gold or silver. Call 866-GOLDLINE. That's 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. I need you to read their important risk information and find out if it is right for you and your family. Call Goldline now. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. I just want to play... Uh, I just want to play... Uh, Play something that I, I thought was heartfelt, but if you missed the opening hour today, um, you need to go back and listen in the podcast because uh, I, uh, I have a lot to say about this moment from last night from Rachel Maddow. She this has just come out from the Associated Press. This is incredible. Trump administration officials have been sending babies and other young children. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> to at least three. <sighs> she uh, started to cry <laughs> last night and. Uh, I'm not going to mock her. I am going to question. I am not going to say the things that she and others said about me because I think what was making her cry last night was she loves her country and she's just worried about it and the direction that it's going. However, as you will see on television tonight, uh, at 5 o'clock on the Blaze TV, 
I have a few questions and a few comparisons on that. Um, I'm, I'm going to be comparing tonight what Rachel Maddow said there and what she then said, not in 2014, but just a few, you know, few months ago when they were killing babies and selling them for body parts. Uh, I, I want to show her emotional state then because it, it had to be pretty powerful. Had to be pretty powerful. Tonight, also, the timeline. Forget all the junk you're hearing. Let's look at the timeline. What are the actual facts on the border? We do that tonight. Theblaze.com slash TV. Sign up Glenn now. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Mercury.